Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. I'm joined in the studio by uh, Tony Dempsey. Uh, so, Tony, uh, you've worn a lot of hats, but Age Friendly Ambassador is the one you're wearing mostly at the moment, isn't it? That's true, Alan, yeah. I, I suppose I'm involved still in the GAA. I'm the Irish and Cultural Officer, and I'm involved with Mickey Laffin and the Lynn Barrington Miners. We won the Premier Hurling in football last year. We have a game tonight with all gates, so I'm actively involved. And just in case it comes up, I'm also uh, a businessman and I'm building houses, social houses beside North End and uh, up uh, in Clonard Little as well. So just in case that comes up, in case there's a conflict of interest, you might ask me something yeah. about housing in the budget. Right. Actually, Carl Byrne was in there. We're getting quite a lot of reaction to Carl Byrne. A number of people have said how well-spoken he is yes. and how positive he is. And also a lot of people agreeing with him that Enniscorthy badly needs council houses and they're going to support him in his quest to get that across the line. If that be the case, then, I mean, all parties, uh, everybody should really kind of row in and try and get more social houses built, shouldn't they? Absolutely, Alan. Uh without patronising Cahill he doesn't need me to patronise him but he is a very capable young man and I'm very happy to see young people coming into politics and the old people staying there too you need a mix of experience and youth housing is a huge problem Mm. and it's a very very difficult problem because it hasn't happened just over the last year Mm. it has been coming a problem over probably the last 10 years it has been exacerbated by an increasing population as has the health service. Our hospitals weren't built for the population we have now. Added to that, neither did we have the number of houses that we have now. And the population, unlike a lot of countries, our population is increasing. But in the past, the county council uh, built their own houses, and that's a good idea. But they may not be able to do it as effectively as private enterprise. And I'm involved there, as I said, and that's why I said it. We simply need to build more houses mightn't be popular to say it, but perhaps the construction industry needs to be incentivized to do that by way of some tax advantages. That's happened in other areas before, like uh, areas that were run down around the towns, including Wexford Town. There was a tax incentivized scheme brought in and lo and behold, places got rebuilt. That's a huge problem for the government. And uh, I think the target for this year is about 29,000. I think we're a little bit behind it, as it happens, but uh, any surplus cash, some of it needs to be invested in building houses for the homeless. Alan, we have about 70,000 Ukrainians here, and they have to be housed someplace as well. Mm. That's exacerbating the whole world. COVID caused huge problems because the industry was uh, shut down. And too often, politicians forget that, particularly uh, people in opposition, because obviously they're not going to give credit. Mm. So they say, oh, you know, it's the fault of the government. It's not entirely the fault of the government. COVID contributed. The Ukraine disaster has contributed as well. Energy costs has uh, contributed and escalating building costs is contributing. Now, uh, what we like to do on the morning mix is look at stories that are national and localise them and get a Wexford perspective on it. We, we got called to do that in relation to the RTE situation. Have you a comment to make on the RTE situation? I made a comment to you a long time ago, Alan, mm. and I don't expect you to remember it because I taught many children in school and the students always think I should remember exactly who they were. You can't, you're the same at interviewees. I said uh, that Ryan Tuberty was being paid far too much I found it hard to accept how a, a compare for RT 
could be paid double what the Taoiseach of the country is playing is being paid. Surely to heaven's priorities dictate mm. that there is something wrong there. So uh, the whole world of RTE needs to be changed dramatically. Uh, I haven't heard, again, I'm not patronising you, but I haven't heard a better radio interviewer than yourself. So why the heck should some guy, just because he's in Donnybrook, in, in uh, sheltered employment, be paid three, four hundred thousand? That's crazy kind of money. Do you think it's all going to change? Because, look, I have a comment in from a listener who says, the massive salaries that RTE staff are on is terrible. They're, they should never have had a barter system, uh, a barter system not fair to the people of Ireland. The investigation is going to go on for a long time. It's going to change dramatically at huge cost to a lot of ordinary low-paid workers in RTE and everywhere else. Pat um, Kenny was paid, I think, around a million pound. RTE gave us a reason. That was for the late, late on the radio show. The reason they gave was that uh, income from advertising revenue would drop dramatically. Guess what happened? He went elsewhere, Sean O'Rourke took over, and the listenership went up slightly, slightly. So, a lot of the nonsense that has gone on in RTE needs to be addressed seriously. And it's disillusioning ordinary people around the country. Well, it is the big talking point out there at the moment. I want to take a short commercial break. When we come back, we want to look at the €1 billion in tax cuts. We also want to look at Age Friendly and what's happening in County Wexford. And there is a lot happening. Age Friendly Awareness. We still have with us uh, Tony Dempsey in studio, who's an Age Friendly Ambassador here for the county. Tony, uh, €1 billion in tax cuts. The government set to increase spending by €6.4 billion as it gets ready to breach its own rule yet again. that's according to an article in today's edition of the Irish Daily Mail by Craig Hughes. You've had a chance to analyse the proposals. We discussed it with Social Justice Ireland and other groups yesterday on the programme. What do you think? I'm pretty happy with what I see. The summer economic statement does not give the details of one-off spending. It gives the parameters for spending. I think there is an irrefutable case for to help the vulnerable and you help them here very often by giving a voice to people who are vulnerable because of intellectual disability or physical disability. Uh, I think as well the case for helping people caught in the poverty trap because of low or middle income, that's again compelling. And what I would think should be done is widen the tax band mm. and I think that's what's anticipated. The reality is that uh, we have a huge increase in corporate tax. About 10 years ago, Alan, I think it was about 10 billion. It's about 20, projected to be around 23 to 24 billion this year. Mm. That's a spin-off. The ESRI, for example, are telling us that the pharmaceutical industry is going to drop its income this year. It's not going to do as well. I'm putting it in layman's language, Mm. right? And you had the tech company leaving people off. So the thing that drives inflation is a lack of of workers and we have full employment. So there's a lack of workers and service increase costs such as energy costs. That was very much fueled by the um, uh, Ukraine invasion of Ukraine. What I would say, Alan, is it's dangerous to spend on permanent solutions, permanent from temporary receipts. And the danger is that politicians would try to buy votes. And I'm glad they're not doing that. They're not splashing the cash. I think uh, Michael McGrath and Pascal Donoghue are capable hands. 
So we have to get a balance between not driving inflation, which is thankfully the rate of increase is dropping. That's good news. Right. So that's thankfully we have full employment. So basically, I think that we need to do a lot more for people who are vulnerable. I have special interest myself for personal reasons in children with autism. There aren't enough of schools or Uh, trained teachers to deal with them. If you have a a special school, there are probably less than 20 in the whole country. uh, In each class, there might be six people, you know. A youngster goes in there from four to 18. So a place is locked down, So uh, you know, for 14 years. So we need a lot more money spent on those. And I would make the case that the budget, the Minister for Finance has two situations. He has the social situation and he has the economic situation. Put into the bracket social dis, uh, situation where people are economically and socially challenged, yeah. disadvantaged. You can't help them unless the economy is going well. I just want to give you an example. Yesterday, Tony, we, we broadcasted, we went to the Collective Sensory Group here in Wexford and I, I read Shona Cabinet King. And it was one of the, uh, the amount of people who stopped me about this particular piece, which I'm, I'm, I'm sure we have podcast, or if not, we will have a podcast. Um, and Shona had spoken to her pre-COVID. Uh, uh, that, that was the last time I visited. And she has managed to increase the number of her team but the thing that people talk to me most about is when I asked her, <laughs> what was the most rewarding thing that you see from all the work you do with the Collective Sensory Group? And they even have an allotment there where people from the area can come into. And yeah. she said to me, it's when she's downtown and she's past Tesco's or somewhere like that and she sees somebody who would have been a service user and all of a sudden they're doing something independent. And the problem is, she thought that was the most rewarding thing because they had the time yeah, to put into it. But the problem, Tony, is that there's... There's too few Shonas in this world. Yes. There's too few Shonas in this county. And there's too few people benefiting from the people that Shona, like, like what Shona has helped. That is the issue that the government needs to address and address pretty quickly. Absolutely. And let me fly the flag for the GAA on sensory gardens because in the development in the uh, ferns, our ground, the COE, the Centre of Excellence, we're putting in a sensory garden. The thing, Alan, about spending money on people with disability is that you might teach them to become independently capable of living. Other than that, to become, in inverted commas, a burden on the taxpayer. And I mean that, I don't, I mean that respectfully. They're depending on others. So if you invest in special education, address special needs, Many of those people that Shona talked about right. become independent. And in the environment, Tony, that, that, that I witnessed the other day, I met four or five service users. And yeah, the, the I, word, as I came out of the premises, said, this is a happy place. I was lucky. I heard that interview yeah. and it was uplifting yeah. to listen to it. And this, that, yeah. that was a happy place. Absol- and yeah. people who have to avail of these services, they need to, co- to, to find a happy spot and come, come from a happy place. Don't a- they? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you can make, apart from the compelling social argument that we need to help people who are less fortunate than ourselves. Yeah. Apart from that, you can make an economic argument. Yeah. And that's what Shona did when she said, I like meeting people who have now become independent to some degree and possibly, you know, capable of independent living. Right. So economically, there is an argument for spending more. My clock is ticking. I want you to go right through on. the list uh, update. People who are in the upper age bracket would be very interested. Just, There's just a number a few, of announcements. A, yeah. a few interesting things. Uh, Neve Bulger has replaced Miriam Hillis, who Miriam has gone to another section of the County Council. So uh, Miriam uh, uh, was the new programme manager. Now we have Neve Bulger. Neve Bulger, sorry, is the new programme manager now. 
things that are happening, Alan, the Old People's Council, you know, Kevin Malloy, the chairman, yes. they elected a new committee recently, and that committee will be meeting in the County Hall in Wexford at 10 a.m. next Friday. There's been an intergenerational accessible play area developing in developed in Our Lady's Island. Other organisations yeah. have been involved apart from the community section of the County Council but it's there and a similar type of development in Oilgate, a playground where Grandad can come, sit on a special seat listen to music, mm-hmm. maybe play on a, a chessboard, that one I think is in Our Lady's Island and the grandchild can play on another part or in another part of the play area. The Age Friendly Awards, and this is big stuff, this recognises housing, health developments, transport developments which help the ageing community. Mm. Uh, Wexford won an award award down in Limerick, you might remember last year, for a health project. Well, the awards will be taking place in November in White's Hotel this year in 2023. The GAA as well, uh, Alan, I got a, a few texts from people about trying to get access for the age-friendly people to the GEA matches. We don't charge you. We can buy a, a ticket for €10 Euro and that gets you into every match for the age-friendly people up to quarter-final stage. After that, the tickets are available on the internet or in the supermarkets. I'm going to stop you because yes. uh, I know you were one of the campaigners to make sure that people could spend a few bob either a super. What, what way does that work now? Can people buy their tickets in a yes. super? Can you, can you pay on the gate going into the park at the moment? No, but what we will have is we will have somebody to advise if there's any hassle but the ageing community who might not be tech savvy can get their tickets in the supermarket in the local supermarket centre supermarkets and uh, for uh, any of the matches uh, for, B- for, from quarter final on quarter up, final up to quarter final you can buy a ticket in Wexford Park okay. for 10 euro and, and for, at the moment into, for the, the round robin matches the league matches you into everything everything 10 euro yeah. for the uh, pensioners to go to any match they like anywhere they like just one payment? Just one payment. That's it's it. very, very good value. For the for the league matches? Yeah, and it shows the GEA's respect for the yeah. ageing community. And I suppose for people who contributed quite a bit to the GEA in their so time. Just recap that for me now, Tony. What, what does it mean if you're... Uh, if it means if up to quarter-final, yeah. you get a ticket in Maxford Park for €10 Euro and that gets you into whatever match you want to go to. Over 65? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're a long ways away from uh, that. No, I'm typing to that for Monday. And last Saturday in Wexford Park, uh, Patricia says an OEP didn't get a reduction in her ticket for a GA match. Caller bought her ticket online. Is this the way the charges are going? That's Patricia no. has a point. No, Patricia. Patricia, the old, the old age person, or the age friend, the aging person can buy their ticket Wexford Park for ten euro. Yeah, and that covers all around. That gives about. access. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Tony. Bobby Goff, the vice chair, sent me uh, an email recently and I'll send it on to you so you can actually publicise it for mm-hmm. Patricia and others. Please. Well, look, we're going to have to leave it there at the moment, but going forward, a lot of positivity and the best thing, as you often said, is the best way is to get get involved and get out and about. And Absolutely. Are you seeing more people stepping outside the door? Because I'm told there are still some people, maybe listening to us this morning, still a little bit wary heading out the door. Absolutely. No, it's... Uh, I see the walking tracks in some of our GEA pitches are being used a bit more, but I think people still are suffering... I'm talking about people of my own vintage. They're suffering from the trauma of COVID. Mm -hmm. I remember predicting that at the time. It was pretty obvious it was going to happen. And there are still some people who are just traumatised by all of that. Yeah. And how will that change? I think, Alan, 
uh, obviously Southeast Radio locally plays a huge part in changing that and changing our perspective and encouraging people to get out there, you know, and uh, mm. get to the Gaelic games. And if, you're so- if soccer is your game, go there or wherever. Right. Well, I recommend two things for them. They're coming up both on the same day next week. The Kilmore Seafood Festival, that opens next it. week, next uh, Thursday. Uh, and before that, pop down to Killag. There, There's two oh, good things they can show. do That's right. on their own doorstep. Absolutely, Alan, absolutely. Thanks, Tony. Thank you very much, Alan. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.